0: Hi, I'm Will. I live with 28 dogs, and together we travel across the winter landscape of Alaska. They run, and I hang on to a rickety sled behind them. Our team is called Ateo Kennel. This is Onward and Other Directions, a podcast where I take you along our first Iditarod through recordings I made throughout the race in March of 2021. The Iditarod is one of the longest sled dog races in the world, and I've been working towards running it since I started mushing in the year 2000. This episode is the first recording on the race. The team and I have left the starting line and are on our way. We're traveling along wide braided rivers towards Squetna, the first resupply checkpoint in the race. We will actually end up stopping to camp about 10 miles before Squetna at mile 50 of the race as part of our race plan. This recording is a few hours into the run and a few hours before we camp. Alright, are we recording? I can't tell. Oh, looks like it. Alright, well, we're a couple hours into the Iditarod. Maybe I'll throw in some cool audio from the start. I really didn't have the capacity to record then. Also, I have no idea how these recordings are going to sound. They could just totally be garbage. But. I gotta I keep having to stop and wave at people. A lot of people. We're on the river still, that we'll be on for uh, another like, well, like a total of 80 miles basically. Or, yeah, about 80 miles, I think. And then, um, and then we'll finally kind of head up into the mountains. But, yep, still on the river, and there have been a lot of snow machiners and families. In little camps, waving us on. Oh, sorry. Woo! You moved faster than I thought. You guys ready? That was uh, Aaron Burmeister calling trail to pass. And uh, there's a lot of planes landing right now. We're, we're on the river. And uh, I'm sure you can hear the plane noise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> People saying good luck and see you next week. Also, there's a plane landing about, I don't know, 20 feet away from me. The dogs don't seem to care. It is... It's really weird to see so many people when you're mushing, and I'm guessing... Oh, oh, I'm guessing that they, uh, there's a person walking down the river, and the dogs wanted to go over to her. My dogs thought you were calling them. My dogs thought you were calling them! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Yeah, unfortunately I don't know how COVID friendly the uh, these gatherings are. Mostly seems like it's kind of like individual families and they're far apart from each other, but I definitely think this is one fear that holding the Iditarod, you know, kind of incurred. Um Uh, Anyway, I feel kind of silly that I didn't hear Aaron calling trail. Uh, He gave me some really good advice about nutrition. But um, anyway, when you call trail, the other person is supposed to stop and pull over. Uh, Which I did as soon as I realized um, what was going on. I thought it was somebody else yelling because we were kind of in so much commotion there it's a really hot day it's finally starting to cool off a little bit but when we left it was in the kind of like high 20s and the sun was just beating down and these guys have not really been running in that kind of a temperature we did do a run the last run we did ended up in the 20s but i mean that's just like not been our norm so um i feel like they're moving just a little bit slower i also made the mistake of um uh they had kind of a bigger meal before we took off, which I didn't intend for them to have and um uh they probably should have just had like a broth, so we did our first snack stop and they were like, ah, I'm good. Thank you. Oh, alright. <laughs> like I told us it's all about fun. Thank you thank you (laughs) there's a lot of kids and when i tell them thank you about half of them say you're welcome like yeah you should thank me it's pretty funny anyway these guys are moving slow but it's hard because i mean notoriously this first leg you really want to go fast so maybe it's kind of a blessing in disguise that it's a little hotter and these guys don't really want to move as fast because, ideally, we're going between 8 and 9 miles on this first leg, uh, average, and that's exactly where we are. In fact, we're actually on the high side of that a little bit. When I check on my GPS to see our speed, we keep being kind of above 9, which is um, a little faster than I want to go. So, um, I have to keep slowing them down. Everybody else, I mean, like a lot of the other mushrooms that we're passing are um, going pretty fast. So, it's uh, it's definitely... A weird comparison. Like, Aaron is gone already. He's like, he flew by us and he's going forward. I mean, he's probably gone like, I don't know, 11, 10 or 11 miles per hour. And because this race is so different, a lot of people might end up going faster for the whole thing because it's quite a bit shorter. But, um, <coughs> oh gosh. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, I bet that was loud. Um, I didn't put my gator on because it's so hot this morning, so my neck is kind of cold now. All right, all right, come on, Belle, go. All right, all right. Let's go. Good, good girls. There you go. We've got Belle and Ray in lead, who are a really great, steady pair. Ray is just three, and she's kind of, she really started leading mostly last year, she's a great leader she's really smart but she is still learning some things and one of the things she still needs to keep practicing is pooping and running at the same time when she's in the front of the team um because it is a little bit more tricky uh um so that's what she was trying to do just there and um yeah bell had to kind of help her keep going forward because ideally they poop and run at the same time um I mean, they it's pretty amazing. Uh, when, I've done tours or whatever with sled dogs, and I feel like that's probably the most amazing, or that's the thing that amazes the tourists the most, is that they poop and run at the same time. They're really good at it. Um, so if we uh, stopped every time they pooped, we would uh, not go very, very far. Um, you know, one thing that's been, I don't know, kind of a telltale thing on this beginning leg already is that um when I first started mushing dogs I used to think that like okay I'll give them a break you know every every couple miles because they're gonna like that like I would like a break if I was running every couple miles but then I did actually start myself running like distance running and I realized that if you stop every couple miles you like lose all of your momentum and it just turns into a crappy run so the best thing ideally is um is actually to um to keep going and try to stop as little as possible um so right now we're even though we it feels like we're kind of moving slow and we don't necessarily have total forward momentum um like the dogs are a little bit like kind of distracted they see another team they're like yeah they're hot definitely really hot which is another reason to keep them slow you know not try to push them really hard in this hot weather um but again like that's part of our strategy is to stay slow stay in that middle range and then keep in the middle range like that's the that's our goal um but anyway yeah the dogs are kind of like a little all over the place I mean which is totally understandable it's like it's a new experience it's uh there's a lot going on. I mean, like, you heard all those machines. There's birds. We're on a totally different trail than all of them except for Emmy have been on. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, this is a whole new world for sure. And um, so, yeah, I guess I'm kind of distracted too, which I'm sure is adding to that energy because I can't remember why I was talking about being distracted. But, um Hopefully, even though we don't necessarily, I think I was saying, even though we don't have that forward drive necessarily, we, um, I mean, they've got the drive, we're going forward. Um, Oh, I was talking about making all those stops, even though, yeah, like their energy is kind of like all over the place, um, stopping every few miles, which I I was doing because uh, for a couple reasons. One, because they were hot and I really wanted them to be able to get snow and roll in the snow and cool off a little bit. But two, because, you know, it's at the beginning of a race, you end up getting passed by a lot of teams. I'm right, I was, I started basically right in the middle. So I had 20 teams behind me. And, um, yeah, I think I've been passed now by almost 10 of them. Um, I don't know if you can hear that background noise, but it's the, uh, it is the, um, it's snow machines like racing up and down this river. And uh, just for some context, the river is probably like, I don't know, uh, it's hard to tell without, like, perspective, but, like, half a football field, a football field wide, something like that. It's really wide. These rivers in Alaska are, like, really, really wide, sprawling rivers. So the snow machines are also on the river, but they're they're really far away from us. But, um, yeah, so anyway, I did kind of, like, run into that thing of stopping many times, and I do think that that kind of added to the distraction factor and the the not feeling kind of in as forward of a motion factor. I do think that they also kind of get bummed out when they get passed over and over, which does tend to happen because we are in a slower pace. Um, I know I get bummed out, and it's really hard for me to kind of battle the competitiveness about that, but I have to um, keep in mind that we've got a long game ahead of us and, you know, we're not going 10 miles an hour right now for a reason. Um, we're conserving energy, we're conserving strength, we're conserving, um, you know, dog power. And, um, you know, if you are able to keep a good slow pace, um, in my experience, you prevent a lot more injuries. Um, the, uh, the pace, the slow pace is a trot. So it's kind of like a an easier um, gate than a lope where they're actually putting more impact on especially their front feet more but um, I mean you know there's a lot more, there's more nuance to it um, but yeah like kind of towards the end of when we were last doing more stops when we stopped they would definitely kind of like ah, I want to go so they, it's there it's just kind of like that energy is is being um kinda distracted. I, I think I'm gonna be happy when we get off the river where all these people are. Um and you know, it's not necessarily like these people are all here for Iditarod or anything. It's this is just a big recreation area. Here's a snow machine coming, you're gonna hear it come by us. Oh, maybe not. No, oh, there it is. It's pretty quiet until that part, but and luckily, the dogs are doing really well with that. I mean, they haven't seen a lot of this. Now another plane is coming by. It's taken off. Or landing. I can't tell what's going on, actually. It's doing one of those things. Uh, thing's taken off. Nope. No, I don't know what it's doing. It's just, like, coasting real close to the river. It's, um, ski planes. That's what a lot of people have, right? Well, I mean, that's, I think the... Well, no, I did see some planes with wheels, I guess, so... think if you land on the hard pack i guess that works but yeah mostly ski planes right now a lot of aircraft it's interesting i mean we're down in a way more populated area than where we are from so it uh yeah it's just different warmer more populated i'll be excited to go home (laughs) um the dogs are doing good um so i ended up picking uh i ended up picking the old dogs like I think I had kind of talked about before. And um, so no and link, which is really strange. I mean, I'm really bonded to those dogs. Um, I think I had said that I whelped them. They're the first dogs who I, like, helped to birth. And all right, I think someone's... Oh, they're either filming us or taking a picture. They got the old GoPro. I I have a GoPro. Actually, I have two from... um, some awesome uh friends of the kennel but um they man it is really a wild strain on my self to try to get a gopro happening it's like i don't know why it just is like really taps into my um adhd and uh Yeah, it's, like, um, so difficult to get it set up. I don't know. It's just, like, goofy. But I think what I need to do is get a thing on my sled so I can just, like, stick it on there. Uh, That plane's landing. This isn't even the busy part. This is, like, pretty quiet compared to where we were. But, um, yeah, I think if I could just stick a GoPro there, then I would not have to worry. I think putting it on my body is really difficult. It's also, like kind of tricky because like if you want to put it on your head then you have like this extra weight on your head and um you're already probably wearing a headlamp so that's awkward so that's weird and then if you want to put it on your body if you're wearing a parka it's like the parka is very big so trying to get it over the parka is quite an adventure and then you know if you put it under the park like if you put it on a different layer but then you need to put your parka on like uh, i yeah that's a little tricky but Maybe one of my projects will be to set up a, a mount for a GoPro so that I can um, do a little bit more filming. The other thing that is kind of a trick in um, the cold weather is the. Um, I think you kind of have to like film from your phone. I'm not 100% clear. I guess um, I could just start rolling and see what we get. I did one race and we um, had a. Uh, Someone come and was trying to do some filming, um, and they put a um, GoPro on my sled, but it wasn't... We kind of zip-tied it on, and that's kind of famous last words in the cold. I'm going to interrupt myself to say we're finally in some shade, and I feel like the dogs are already like way happier. We're going to go back in the sunlight soon, but the sun is starting to go down, which, speaking of headlamps and things on your head, I better start considering putting that on um it's it's 10 degrees colder than when we started but um yeah so anyway that guy or that person put a put a gopro on the sled with some zip ties i mean me a cult but like i was the one who was like oh let's do this and anyway i really ate shit about two miles out of the checkpoint and um or out of the start on some ice and it that gopro just got i mean i don't know where it is it got totally ripped off the sled so uh i felt bad about that but yeah so i guess that's kind of a cautionary tale it's got to be put in the sl- on the sled in a specific firm way maybe i don't know maybe I, could, I don't know maybe i put it on the front sort of that way i don't have to like mess with it too much Anyway, um, yeah, it's so weird. I'm on the Iditarod, and, uh, I've mushed this trail before quite a bit, actually, when I trained down here, so this doesn't feel too, like, um, different, I guess. It just feels like I'm, oh, mushing this trail, um, but I guess we're doing it. I mean, we do keep getting passed by people in bibs, and I'm wearing a bib also, um, I can't remember if I said this before, but I'm number 27. So that's exciting. I actually like that number a lot, so that was kind of exciting. Um, it's got a lot of good things going on for it. Hopefully now that we're in some shade, the dogs can cool down a little bit. And um, Like I said, we're going to be back in the sun soon. But, um, yeah, it's kind of got a, we've got a, bit of a chill wind going on so and since I didn't put my gator on my face is a little cold but the sound might change a little bit so I'm gonna actually try to put my um, headlamp on and my gator and then uh, we'll see what ends up with happening with the uh, sound of this recording my hope is to do I was going to try to do one recording per day, but it's really difficult to tell time or days apart when you're racing like this. So I think maybe what I will try to do is do one per one per run if I can. I mean, I can't promise I'm going to remember that, but we'll see. I hope so. I think it's kind of a fun idea. I think by the time if, I mean, yeah, I was going to say by the time I, if I publish this, you'll all know what transpired on my race already. Like, you know, if I made it or whatever, I hope I make it. Yeah, we're getting a little, a little bit of a chilly wind, which is, I'm sure, appreciated by the dogs. All right, let's do this. Got my gator and my headlamp all ready for myself here don't want to drop the, either of those things. The gator wouldn't be that big of a deal, but the headlamp would. I guess I better take my glasses off. I'm wearing some fancy glasses. My cousin works at a, an Oakley store down in Florida. And he helped me pick out some cool glasses that's getting muffled, but try my best to keep you out of there. It's like a toss-up between keeping you out of there or in the wind. Oops. Keep interchanging my snow hook, or my sunglasses and my headlamp. They're kind of similar. There are things that go on my head, so it makes sense, right? Hmm. Well, I think I put these things on on, over a hood, but I don't really care that much, so as long as they work, I guess. A lot of people do that. I usually don't like to, but. All right, my hands are getting cold. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. You guys have some uh, good snacks and stuff? Yeah, good. The setup. I think they must have maybe had a bigger party. They had, like, only two people there, but a lot of food. Somebody handed me... So, it's pretty traditional for people to hand out food, and they're not supposed to this year because of COVID. But I did get handed by a child a... What looks to be, like, a turkey wing or something, which I don't want to eat, but then I also don't want to, like, throw it away. It's wrapped in tinfoil, and it's also, like, foul. Not... Uh-oh. Not foul like disgusting, like foul like the bird, which you're not supposed to have around dogs, right? And it's cooked and all that, so I don't know what to do with it. I don't really have a trash can. I can throw it away in anytime time soon. guess I'll have to carry it to Squintana. Even if I eat it, it's kind of a rough, uh, yeah, just not good trash to have. Oh, man. Whew. Cold fingers. It's got, we got a moist chill in the air. I've got the dogs set up so that they have, um... I'm using a 16 dog line with only 14 dogs so there's a single dog in swing which is the position right behind wheel and there's a single dog or the position right behind lead i should say and there's a single dog in wheel which is the position right in front of the sled so two one-offs and um that can have some benefits it means that like you can have an easier time like figuring out who can run with who because if you have like a dog who doesn't run well with other dogs and maybe they can be single or you know you can you have a little bit more variables there but the uh downside is basically what's happening right now which is that the swing dog so the one who's right behind lead doesn't um have as much pulling power and uh so the line starts to get kind of crickety give him a little break you guys ready? All right. Especially cuz I do have sun. I'm going to have to switch where Sun dances cuz she's uh right behind that. Maybe I'll put her well. Yeah, you can hear the uh these Guys, don't ma- don't don't go slow. Uh, we're going over this um I don't really know what this is in the summer, so we're on this river, but not right now what we're going over is this pretty distinctive, like, bump that I've seen many times. I guess it must be kind of like where maybe another stream comes in or something, because it, like, forms this big ice bump, and then that gets covered with snow, but a couple... And now we're still still in the water, but we went up higher. It's kind of weird. Like maybe I guess maybe it might be, like, a little tiny waterfall, but um, that we went up. But a couple years ago, well, it's been a while now, but I ran a race, and there was an earthquake during the race, and we were on this river, and we could feel the river, like, moving underneath us, it was terrifying, but when we came back down the trail, that bump right there had just, like, I mean, it must just be sort of like a pressure point, and it had just, come on, Ray Ray, come on, it had just cracked, like, it was wild, um, and uh yeah, it was really scary looking. Um actually the whole way home there was a lot of land features that had um been affected by the earthquake. It was a pretty big quake. Um the weirdest thing was that once we got kind of back into the wooded area we went over some ponds and stuff and um the uh um you could tell that the ponds had basically like disconnected from around the outside of the um <laughs> People, um, I think people probably think I'm talking on the phone thank you um, anyway the pond ponds had like completely broken around the outsides and then basically like the ice had jumped up and then come back down and shot mud from the entire perimeter of all of the ponds up and out it was really bizarre such a strange sight Um, and so weird to think about all the ways that nature is affected by uh, an event like that and like in this sort of unwitnessed way Um, so to see that was was really um, awe-inspiring in kind of a disconcerting way I would say (laughs) Um, yeah I don't know maybe these are like sandbars or something um, now we're kind of going up, like, another bump. And there are, like, I can see, like, driftwood and even, like, maybe a tree. So I think maybe this might be a sandbar. These rivers typically are what are called braided rivers. So they're really gravelly. And then they, um, as you can imagine, like, braid in and out the different channels. And, and at sometimes of the year, the whole river, like, there's no, you can't see the gravel. It's all covered with kind of, fast rushing water very it's very dangerous but um many times of the year you could actually like walk down a lot of the gravel um sandbars and or gravel bars i guess and um yeah i've actually back when i lived in uh kind of in this area there was a river that hooch my original sud dog and i used to go to and we would walk down the gravel bars um for miles and we could go up this river and explore and Oh, hooch loved to find dead fish. That was her favorite thing. She'd of course roll in them, devour them, and then throw them up later. It was it was wonderful. That's um, a that's a lot of fun. Um, I really like these braided rivers in Alaska. They're very distinctive. Um, I think they're primarily from glacier runoff. Um, I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure with the uh, the Yetna River that we're on. I I think we're on the Yetna. Gosh, I should know, right? Um, I guess we must be. We've got another team coming up. They're going to get to us pretty fast here, so i got to pay attention. I've got to loosen my headlamp a little bit. I had been wearing it... Um, oh, I tightened it by accident. I wonder that didn't feel good. I had been wearing it to build my sled, and um, I had just been wearing it on my fair head became my new look and uh um yeah it was uh, it was good fashion it's starting to get to a temperature that i hope is better for the dogs and for me is uh a little chilly but i mean honestly pretty decent so And at last I'm now glad I wore my parka. I put my parka on for the start. I mean, it's kind of like more of a... It was kind of one thing for kind of like the image, I guess, and like... Which I guess maybe is kind of silly, but... Seemed like I should be wearing my parka, you know? It's kind of how I imagined it. And then the, uh, good job Sundance! Sundance is pooping. Good job! Um, I congratulate the dogs every time they poop, and it's important to do. But, um, yeah, I felt silly wearing my parka. The other reason was that I couldn't, um, my sled's really full. Really full. That's probably the thing that I'm most worried about. I definitely look like a rookie with my really full sled, and I really cut corners as much as I could, but it's, uh, definitely packed here. Um... So I could have strapped it to the top, but I was just like, "Uh, I don't want to do that. And I knew it was also going to get colder. It was like 11 below last night where we were staying, which was near this area. So I imagine it's going to be kind of chilly again tonight. Um, I kind of hope it will be just again for the dogs. That's a much more optimal temperature for them. But um, yeah, I've got my parka on now, so lucky me. Uh, this parka, I um, it's a very fancy parka. Uh, I actually inherited it um, secondhand from Allie Zirkle. Um, it's way too big for me. Ali's a really tall person. Um, but my other parka got milkshake. Not milkshake, a protein shake. Oh, man, a milkshake sounds great, though. Um, anyway, protein shake all over it. I had been carrying it in the pocket. Exploded. And it was bad. Anyway, it ended up basically ruining the parka because I couldn't. I washed it a few times, and that like destroyed the insulation. So anyway, that parka is toast. So I'm wearing this one, which is a uh, neck size bigger, and it's like really big. So I did cut the ends of the arms off. That was basically the compromise I reached to make this parka work for me. Rogue, Rogie, what are you eating? Rogue got a snack. Hopefully it's a snack, and not a booty. Yep, looks like she got a meat snack. Alright! Maybe these guys are getting a little more hungry with the, uh, temperature dropping. Hmm. Yeah, I need to, really need to move Sundance. She's trying to, so we're on this braided river, right? And then there's all this snow machine traffic. So the trail we're on right now is like 100 feet wide, probably. And uh, Sundance is trying to get to the edge. We're in the middle of the trail. Sundance is trying to get to the edge. So she's like trying to pull. We look ridiculous. Someone's taking a picture right now. Hi there! Anyway, my newly giant but short-armed parka is actually working pretty decent right now, so I'll take it. I definitely want to get a different parka lined out for myself, though. Um, I'm hoping to commission one from the folks who built my sled bag. I'm. I was thinking about some different schemes. Um, more designing stuff. And, I mean, I was even... After I shortened these arms... Oh, hey! Easy there. Whoa. Sorry about that. Hey, how's it going? Hey, congrats on your race! You guys ready? See, I forgot that we were... gonna get past. Darn it all. Eh, that was Dan Caduce. He just won the uh, the Summit Quest, which I was supposed to be entered in, and then there was a, a picture of him starting in the local newspaper, and it said, Will Trashinsky, <laughs> rookie, started, and I was not in the race, so it was very funny. I don't know if anybody's gonna listen to this, because it's just gonna be a lot of non-sequiturs, but... Maybe I'll just call it like ADHD onward. <laughs> ADHD on the Iditarod Trail. Uh, another mushroom behind me in a bit. Dan's number forty, so he's passed a lot of people. He's got a strong, strong team this year. Um, I am not must be now in number thirty-sixth place. Thirty-five has not passed me, but thirty-six has. Although I guess since... Yeah, no, I must be on 36th. Not that... At this ga- time of the race, it doesn't matter at all. And, uh... I shouldn't be counting, but I guess it's just something to do. Yeah, the dogs are already feeling better. You can just... They're getting a little bit more of a pick-me-up. My race plan right now, let's see yeah it has me it has me going fifty miles here, so we've got another like thirty miles to go here, and then um another fifty and then basically another forty, but I wonder if I want to try to think about the best way, I guess I should do yeah the fifty to fifty, trying to think if I can kind of hedge it so that I'm taking a rest in the hottest part of the day. We ended up running in the hottest part of the day, which was right at 3 p.m., so it would be ideal if I could be resting then, um, and then be starting mushing sometime, like, now, which is, like, I think it must be. Let's see. With my shortened arms, I can look at my watch. It's so exciting. It is 6 o'clock. Exactly. Well, almost exactly, so, um... so yeah six is a good time to start it looks like in this latitude anyway um sun's finally starting to set and it's cooling down that three to six time was rough Ooh, there's like i can see a lot of mushers i'm definitely i'm gonna be in the i think i'm gonna be end of the line here at some point soon but that's okay it's uh definitely easy to potentially let that go to my head, but I'm not going to. (laughs) I say trying to convince myself. But do my best not to. I guess that's all I can do. Just keep trying to keep focusing on my own race. That's definitely always one of the tough things. I mean, for me, I'm not like I don't think I'm going to win. Um I would love if I felt like I could be competitive for rookie of the year, but I don't think I don't think I have that chance. Um the dogs are good, but I just don't think that they're that caliber. I don't know. I mean, sorry guys. You're you're wonderful, but also I might be wrong. I mean, moreover though, I'm not that caliber right now, so yeah. Man. Sundance just really wants some snow. Just pulling the team. They're working half time to just pull her sideways. So Sundance was the one who I was really thinking about not bringing in favor of Lincoln. We'll see if I end up regretting my, my choice. Quick stop here. Let these guys get some especially Sundance. You guys want to take a little break? Easy there. Ooh, take a little break. Good dogs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, roll in the snow. Oh good. You guys ready? Ready? Alright you yep. have somebody behind us that's going to pass us soon enough, but we'll keep moving for the time being. We are in a race after all. Hmm. I think I might end up shortening the gang line to the 14. For some reason, these guys seem to have more of a difficult time if they're in this other configuration, which is too bad because it does allow for some good arranging, but I think that I'm gonna take a section out. Maybe put Sundance in wheel. Yeah, that's actually probably a good, good solution. We'll see how that goes. Sometimes her, uh, the siblings who are the same age as her, get real upset when she's behind them. So she's kind of an odd, odd duck. So earlier, um when I was getting passed by many mushers, um, I did get passed by Allie Zirkel on her very last Iditarod. And then I was also, right after that, passed by Martin Boozer, who was my mentor, um, who taught me how to mush. So it's kind of an interesting one, too. You never know who you'll run into in the Iditarod. Well, you probably do. But it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, mushing alongside some of the people who are Best in the world at what they do. I definitely I have three mushers behind me, like right behind me. So see how that goes. I wonder if it'll be easier to kind of focus on my own race when I don't have a bunch of people around me. Or what I was gonna say is I don't think I'm gonna win. Or like I said, even probably get Rookie of the Year, but I uh, really don't want to get the Red Lantern. I know that's silly, but I just I have I struggle with having a lot of pride about that. So um, yeah, I prefer not to get that. But you know what? If that's where we're at, that's where we're at, and I'll be proud to finish. Because the important thing, honestly, is my little, my little buddies here and me going down the trail. I'm doing the best we can. And they are doing the best they can right now. That's for sure. They're doing awesome, honestly. Gotta keep reminding myself that the, uh, I'm going the speed I want to be going. I don't know if you could tell that the dogs just sped up, so I had to start putting the drag on. That's that noise you hear. And t- teams I've driven in the past, you kind of have to, like, ride the drag the whole time. And that's not been the case on this particular run with these guys, which is a little disconcerting. Um, and I'm thinking it's mostly because of the heat. Um, because typically these guys do push pretty hard, but also at the same time they don't push as hard as um, some of the teams I've driven. gee Good dogs. Good dogs. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Wow, they really didn't want people to go that way. There's a turn off. Then they marked it with like, I don't know, 12 X's or something. Who does that have behind me? It looks like a really low number can't see that far away. Ooh, I have ice cream I could eat. Ooh, I forgot about that. So I packed myself as a snack. G! 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 G. There you go. Right there. Good. G! 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 bell G! G! There you go. I packed myself as a snack. Um... Uh, ice cream. Also, Sean made me a bunch of candied bacon, which is really exciting. And, um, yeah, I've been looking forward to eating that for a while. My my trail snacks. A lot of times on the normal version of the race, when you're not um, dealing with COVID precautions, you can buy food at different lodges and stuff. And uh, in some places, even the communities actually kind of put together like a potluck or or whatnot but oh I'm yawning already that's not a good sign anyway uh but this this year we definitely have to kind of eat eat whatever we bring and um I don't know it's kind of cool to have more of a rustic year it's cool and also terrifying so yeah let's see who's that 37 maybe I don't remember who that is. I have no idea who any of the numbers are. I know a couple of people who I know, but honestly, I don't even know most of my friends' numbers. It's a mystery. Apparently, when you're actually in the race, you're pretty focused on just trying to get get out of the door. On this big, wide trail, there's kind of these two lanes, and I was calling the dogs to go to the right, and now we've got a number 37 indeed going to the left. I wonder who that is. Maybe left? No, I don't, I don't know. They look like maybe Siberians. <laughs> maybe we'll do a running pass. I'll I'll stop. So the rules are you got to stop when somebody passes or needs to pass. But, um... Since we're pretty separated by these two lanes, I don't think it's going to be a big problem. Maybe. Oh, wait, no. No. I was thinking it might be somebody I saw, but it's not them. I think the dogs are starting to realize someone's behind us. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Have a good one, man! That's Cody. You guys ready? Alright. Cody, um, Strath, who is a well-known sled builder. That's so funny, their dogs look really small right now, but, um... I know that they're pretty big. Maybe just in comparison or something to each other. Huh. Oh, I wonder if you can hear me talking just turned around. I'll talk quieter. Um. Hmm. He's got a cute little trailer that's got its own like little runners. It's pretty adorable most people on the race have some sort of like a tail dragger is what they call it or a trailer basically something that goes behind the musher either on the same runners of the sled so like uh, a lot of times you see it where people are using it as a seat or as um or like cody has right now a trailer actually he has both he has a trailer and a tail dragger and there's a lot of people seem to I mean, it's definitely true. Like, the weight dispersal is really nice. You get a lot more storage and things kind of steer better. But, um, it's, uh, yeah, just haven't been able to. Well, I've kind of got two different things. One, (laughs) he can definitely hear me. (laughs) He keeps turning around. Um. It's, like, pretty quiet out here, so anything that people are saying, you can hear. I can't, um, I feel like I haven't earned my, s- like, sitting down on the sled yet. I've gotta do it this way first. Alright, I'm gonna stop abusing y'all with my my talks and let poor Cody off the hook, thinking he's going crazy hearing me talk. So, this will be it for this one. See you on the yeah. next, next run onward. I guess I should wait till I have the phone in my hand so I can make sure I know I have it. Well, that's that's just conserving. I don't have the phone at all. Hmm. Wow, it fell. Wow, miraculously it is still attached to my headphones. It was just hanging. I wonder if it actually recorded. It looks like it. I guess we'll see what happened. Thanks for joining the dogs and I for the second episode of Onward and Other Directions. If you want to learn more about the dogs or Ateo, you can check out our website at ataokennel.com. See you next week when the team and I will be at Finger Lake, and you'll hear what a checkpoint sounds like. Onward.